In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. The topic of our prayer today is delicious, if we can put it that way. It is recalling that decision that each of us made to follow Christ. Each of us can point to a moment when we were touched by Jesus and decided to follow him more closely. In some cases, it was a very dramatic moment. For most people, probably, it was something that appeared gradually until one day we just realized, yeah, this is the most important thing. I'm going to give this relationship the priority that it deserves. But how easy it is for us to identify with St. John the Evangelist, imagining him as an old man, surrounded by that first generation of Christians, a whole bunch of teenagers, for example. And to observe St. John, as he described that moment so many years earlier, when he first came, went running up behind Jesus, and said, Master, where are you living? Where are you staying? And the old man, John, looked at those little ones and said, it was about four in the afternoon. It was his way of saying that he had never, not even for a single day, forgotten that moment that turned his life upside down, transformed his life, and gave to his life such meaning. That decision, responding to our own vocation to follow Christ closely, that vocation is like a tidal wave, like an avalanche that carries us along irresistibly if we do not resist. It carries us along for the rest of our life. That is certainly God's intention. For most of us, it was building gradually. But it helps us to hear the stories of those who were swept off their feet in an instant. Those of you who have discovered that great app called I Pray With The Gospel have come across the story of Paul Claudel, who lived back in the, about 100 years ago. He died in 1955. He was a famous French poet, a dramatist and diplomat. He wrote the following, Catholic faith was for me, a collection of absurd anecdotes. One day, he was 18 years old at the time, Christmas day, 1886. 
A taxi dropped him off at the gate of the Cathedral of Notre Dame in Paris. From there he heard the hymns of the Christmas Vespers, and so he decided to go in. They were singing the Magnificat. Later he was to explain, I was standing amid the crowd, and in in an instant, something touched my heart, and I believed. I believed with such force, with so much agitation in my being, with a conviction so strong that there was no place for doubt. Suddenly I thought, how happy are the people who believe? And what if it is true? But it is true. God exists. He is there. He is someone, and he loves me. He calls out to me. Tears and sobs came to me, and the singing of the Adeste Fidelis only increased my emotion. Well, not many of us could speak of something so dramatic. We could certainly it'd be hard to speak so eloquently. But what does matter is each one of us realizing that that relationship, that the awareness of being called and deciding to answer that call, to follow Jesus more closely, is that which gives so much meaning to our life. It gives, it gives us a ground to stand upon, firmness. That relationship gives us a way to interpret all the things that come our way on any given day. I am a follower of Jesus Christ. He is here with me, calling out to me, saying, come. I am calling you to follow me to be a saint, to strive to be a saint. Well, that moment, however long ago it was, cannot simply remain on the level of a nice memory that gradually fades away. Because that moment is the pearl of great price that Jesus spoke of. Well, that brings up the question, how do we protect this precious pearl? After all, what we're talking about, what is at stake is God taking possession of our soul, and he is always faithful. One way for us to go deeper in this, each one of us on our own, is to take a look at that book, the small book by St. Josemaria called Furrow. There's a chapter called Loyalty. Loyalty has a lot to do with what we're talking about here. Loyalty, especially the points in that chapter, can help us formulate a strategy for confronting moments of dryness, of possible disillusionment. Because after all, we're talking here about a lifetime of faithfulness. And any given lifetime, that can be a long span of time in which disillusionment, a little bit of discouragement can so very easily arise. In point number 341, St. Josemaria says, You told me that God sometimes fills, fills you with light, 
for a while and sometimes does not. I reminded you firmly that the Lord is always infinitely good. That is why those bright days are enough to help you carry on. But the times when you see no light are good for you also, and they make you more faithful. It's a very important point. Those times when we see no light, those are moments when we can really and truly grow by forging ahead as the wise men did on their way to Bethlehem when that light disappeared and yet they continued. Several points later, number 349, St. Josemaria says, For you who are wavering, I copy from a letter. From now on, I, I may continue to be the same inept instrument as ever. But in spite of that, I have changed my way of defining and solving the problem of my life. Because there is in me a firm desire to persevere forever. And St. Josemaria adds, you must never doubt that he never fails. God is constantly following us with his fidelity. And that in itself has to give us such firmness, such confidence, no matter what is happening. It's so very important that we be aware of the impact that our loyalty our fidelity, our perseverance has on those around us. This is the kind of thing that is, is so subtle, so subtle that it can very easily escape, escape our awareness. I mean, just think of your own family situation. Those of you who are parents when your children see that day after day you are faithful to your plan for your prayer life, that registers. When they know that at a certain time they will find you either doing spiritual reading, saying a part of the rosary, spending time in, spending time in mental prayer, it's all being registered. When they see how happy you are, if how, the fact that you cannot wait to go to Mass during the week, or the importance that you give to preparing well for Sunday Mass, getting there early in order to be able to recollect, all those things, they register. And as the years go by, the young ones then, they get it. They come to realize that that regularity, that constancy, that fidelity and loyalty on your part had everything to do with the strength, with your being a pillar for the family. Let us never underestimate this. 
very interesting for us to come up with a, a strategy for continuing to grow. How do we continue? How do we become more and more in love with Jesus and never let that love grow stale? The founder of Opus Dei taught us to pile on to the bonfire, so to speak, those little twigs. In other words, those small, short aspirations throughout the day as a way of connecting with Jesus. When we get in the car, we, do, we are not required to turn on Looney Tunes as soon as we start up the engine. There's nothing that prohibits us from saying a part of the rosary, or for at the very least saying to Jesus, please accompany me during this trip, even if it's just down a 10 minute drive. We have every right as we go about our work to glance at images of Our Lady, to that pocket crucifix on our desk. All these little tricks that we learn from the founder of Opus Dei that can help so much to maintain that the fire going burning within us, the, the best kind of fire. Those aspirations and that developing that custom, that, that habit of praying throughout the day can then carry us along at moments when we might be tempted to well, to lose that sense of God's presence, to lose sight of the fact that we are in his presence. And that can serve us so well when those moments of possible discouragement come, come along, which they inevitably will. That's what happens when the, the gray days appear, the so-called gray days, when things, things seem to be just the same thing again, over and over and over again. We might end up thinking, boy, this is boring. What we learn reading the, the, about the, the notes that St. Josemaria wrote in his own, his own diary, where he too had to grapple with those moments. And what really and truly kept him flying at 40,000 feet, so to speak, was his constancy. Whether he felt like spending time in that in mental prayer or not, he was faithful to that plan. There are moments in his diary where he says that he's, he sat there, it was time to do his prayer, and he sat there, he did not feel like it, and as he put it in one of his notes, he really, he just could not control his imagination. He felt like a little puppy dog, bouncing around, running all over the place, running away from its master and then coming, running back to the master, tail wagging, but just incredibly restless. And yet he refused to budge. He refused to give up that time of prayer. And you may have read, as a result of that constancy, that fidelity, the Lord gave to St. Josemaria tremendous infused prayer. 
Well, that kind of, that knowledge of the way that the great saints have functioned can help us to think. Do I have a plan? Am I faithful to that plan? Do I see the importance for myself of sticking to that plan day after day? Perhaps at moments when we consult a spiritual director of seeing if that plan needs tweaking or if it is really realistic. And if it's realistic, to stick with it. One of the dangers is to lack stability in our plan. There's a very interesting phenomenon in the spiritual life called achedia, A-C-E-D-I-A. One of the nicknames of achedia is the noonday devil. This is not the place to go into the reason for that nickname. Suffice it to say that one of the symptoms of this, of this malady is a lack of stability. One day, the person with a chadia, one day that person thinks, okay, well, I'm getting a little bit bored with my current, current uh, arrangement for my spiritual life. I think I'll order, I'll just get on Amazon and order a copy of the, the latest book, uh, New Age, some New Age approach to things. The next week, another approach. And a week later, the same thing. The same thing meaning another approach. Well, they, could get, they could get all too easily bored with parish, the church, mass at the, par at the parish. And so they just think, well, let me look for a place with more vi greater vitality. And so you end up with people slipping into a butterfly syndrome where you never know where they are. You never know either physically where they are or existentially where they are. Well, let us ask the Holy Spirit to help us to find, with the help of spiritual direction, where we should be and then to persevere. During this marvelous year of St. Joseph, we have the chance to turn to the master of the interior life, Joseph himself, and to ask him for this kind of solidity. Just imagine Joseph permanently numb, N-U-M-B, so to speak, numb with gratitude as he beheld each day Jesus and Mary. How many times each day did he turn to God the Father and say, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. He had every right to be numb. And he had every right to recall day after day for his entire life those conversations he had with the Archangel Gabriel, those moments when it became very clear what the Lord wanted of him. Let us ask him for a renewal in our own gratitude for this precious pearl that has been placed in our hands, this friendship each one of us has with the Lord.
I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help in putting them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you.